This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. How the hell is Universal like not in the ground right now? And Willis. I almost watched it for you, Josh, is what I'm saying. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. Hello, dear listener. We we're here. We're finally here. We know we're back. It's been it's been, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, we've been busy, so don't blame us. This is not our full time job. We actually have full time jobs, so this is something that we it's just true. love to do. Um, but we have some stuff to cover this week because it has been a couple weeks. We are going to talk a little bit about box office because there have been a number of films that we've that have been on our radar, stuff that we've talked about a little bit, but. In the era where there's still strikes going on, movie mm-hmm. releases are always in flux. We kind of just have to go over and see where things are landing right now. So we're going to do a box office check-in first, and then we're going to talk about SAG-AFTRA and the AMPTP a little bit, as of course we have to because negotiations as of recording this on as Monday, October yes. 30th, are still ongoing and there has not been a deal struck. So we have to talk about that and maybe make some predictions, talk a little bit about some of the news that's come out about it, and all of that great stuff. Um, but first, let me talk about some movies that are releasing, because... Yeah, we're getting into it. We're definitely getting into it. Uh, for theaters, we have two movies that I don't know much about, The Marsh King's Daughter, and then What Happens Later. The Marsh King's Daughter, I know Daisy Ridley is in, and I hope it's yeah, good. Yeah, that's her, because- her big return, I guess. Cool. I really hope it's good. She's in the Tom Holland kind of class from like i just you're good at what you do just get a better agent um you know it is what it is yeah but the big one is priscilla sophia coppola's new film starring kaylee spaney and uh jacob elordi and i'm so excited for this movie (laughs) yeah i don't know what else to say (laughs) i i mean i i i think i said this last time but or maybe i've just texted this to you but i am arguably more excited for this than i ever was for elvis oh Um, yeah Oh, if yeah. you if you were to ask me uh, which filmmaker do I like better, Sofia Coppola or Baz Luhrmann, I well, would say <laughs> Sofia Coppola every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's going to be good. It is going to be good. I don't know how much of an Oscar like push this movie is going to really have. It'll be but interesting. From what I hear, it's it's really, really good. So um, that's coming for theaters, for streaming, for shows. Love Island Games is hitting Peacock on the first. I th- Man, they are spinning gold out of Love Island. I don't, <laughs> never seen one frame, but nope. a lot of people do apparently. So that's coming. Um, All the Light We Cannot See, that's actually a movie. Now that I'm, I believe that's a movie is by, it? maybe no, it's not. Wait a minute. Is it really? Isn't it Sean Levy? Yeah, limited series. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have my questions about this one, but yeah. Yeah. It's coming on I Netflix mean, on the second. <laughs> I don't want to color your expectations. It's at like 30% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah. But it's pre-release, so I don't know. I'm not particularly <laughs> excited for a uh, World War II period piece from the guy who did the Adam Project. 
Yeah. And free guy. Cause that's the one I'm pulling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And free guy. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Not, not ideal, but you know what? Who knows? We'll leave it. We'll leave. I'm not going to watch it. So I'm not going to say that I'll leave it for a couple weeks from now, but it is what it is. What I really want to talk about is invincible season two, which is dropping yeah. on the third on prime, which I'm like, they haven't done any promo for this at all. I don't know what's going on. We've been waiting for years for this, and now it's finally just here, and I'm just like, okay, I rewatched the last two episodes of the first season, and I'm like, this show is sick. This is why I like this show. <laughs> I have heard really good things about Invincible season yeah. two. I've heard that it's a really interesting meditation on like what it actually means to be a superhero, which is cool from, like, you know... What is essentially a, a gory um, <laughs> boy like anime knockoff? Yeah. yeah, 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 yes. I'm all about knockoff. It, has bad connotations. I don't. I'm not disparaging in, Invincible, but there are True. parallels between that and the boys. Uh, there, there are. There definitely are adult themed, uh, you know, yeah. superhero stuff. So <laughs> things that are measured in um, liters. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that's hitting Prime on the 3rd. We have Lawmen, Bass Reeves coming to Paramount Plus on the 5th. Sure. I am constantly amazed every week when you do this, and there are ones on here that I've just never heard of. Like, not yep. even, like, a little bit. Nope. Um, I do think this is David uh, Oyoyos. Oh, I can never say his last name. Oyelowo Oyelo? or Oyelo? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think this is in the the Yellowstone category. Oh, um, I think that, it's a. Uh, I mean, it is a western, and I think it's a tie shirt and shenanigan. But ah, uh, so we kind or, of know. <laughs> yeah, I, but also, yeah, I don't know. Dennis Quaid's in it, so. Oh my god! Okay, yeah. I mean, he would fit in the Sheridan verse for sure. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. I don't know if I'll check that out. Kev, Kevin Costner. <laughs> exactly. I, I was saying this the other day and we can get to it in a second, but like, yeah, I feel like the whole Yellowstone world is just this, like, for lack of a better term, like cinematic universe that is developing under my nose that I'm just not aware of in any capacity. Not a part of it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And I say that, but I'm also like, that might be me saying like, oh yeah, it's a cinematic universe, but it might also be like, yeah, in that like CSI Miami and CSI Las Vegas are part of the same, you know what I mean? It's like, right, it might right. be, that might be an, an insane comparison. Right. But. <laughs> it might just be Taylor Sheridan is just literally just cranking shows out because they're paying him to <laughs> yeah. do it and like <laughs> they all have his flavor. Um, I am interested in some of the shows, but I, it's it's too unwieldy now for me to even start. It's, um, it's become an undertaking to get into, yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, so that's what's coming for shows. For movies, there's only really two that I could find. There's probably more. I'm going to be honest, dear listener. It is such a pain to try and track down when things drop <laughs> on every... It's just, there's no good way of doing it. We do have Hell House Origins hitting Shutter on the 30th, which, like, cool. I'm not a huge Hell House guy. I think they're pretty bad past the first one, but here's the fourth one, so here we go. Uh, and then we have Wing Woman hitting Netflix on the first as well. So that's what's coming this week, everyone. And uh, without further ado, let's talk a little bit about some box office numbers. So I believe that the last episode we did, we touched on Taylor Swift's era's 
concert yes. film and what that had done in terms of uh, its box office performance. Now, we both had pushed this into like, oh, this is going to be making a billion dollar. Like, this is going to be making some serious cash. Yeah. Interestingly, I don't think it's going to. I mean, it's already passed. You know, we told, we said Justin Bieber's Believer or whatever yeah. the hell. It, it already passed that never in the say, first weekend. Yeah. Never, never stop never. believing or something. Yeah. Like who knows? Uh, it doesn't really yeah. matter. Um, but since then, it kind of slowed a bit, which I figured. But now I think it's kind of just like this is it. I also don't know how long it's running in theaters because yeah. at this point it's made over $200 million, $203 million with $149 million domestic, which is pretty good for any movie, yeah. let alone an, uh, a Taylor Swift era's movie. But we might just taper off here and like maybe not even hit $300 million, which is fine, yeah. you know? It's still going to be in the top 20 movies of the year. It's which still is great. great, yeah, you know. Yeah, but... I thought that was interesting. I'm like, oh, we we pegged this. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's one of those when you look at all of the conversation that like Taylor Swift has elicited throughout yeah. this year alone. You know what I mean? With the errors to her and with, I mean, this movie and what she's doing with it. Travis and, Kelsey. <laughs> Travis Kelsey and, you know, 1989 Taylor's version. Yeah. And, um, you know, all this different stuff. Like it's she's front and center in the pop culture conversation. Yeah. And it, it became a question of how much that actually translated to a box office. Right. You know? And like, I, I honestly, I did think this was going to do better. I thought this would land around probably like 500 million. Right. You know? Right. Um, because I, I mean, it's not hard to convince yourself that like the Swifties are going to go see this three or four times. Right. Exactly. Um, which I think is probably happening to a degree, um, but it yeah. is. I mean, it dropped by sixty four percent after its first weekend, and then another mm -hmm. fifty three this past weekend. So it's like it's on its downtrend. It's you know, it kind yeah. of had its big weekend, and then it's coming down. But um, let's ask this: Do you think this can be used as evidence of doing something again? Like, do you think this could be used as evidence of like concert films outside of? the studio system can pull in money or do you think this is Taylor Swift being Taylor Swift and no one else could reach this? Well, it's interesting because we'll actually get a taste of this when Beyonce's Renaissance um, True. happens because that is also coming to theaters. I think that like, no, I think that it's literally just because this is Taylor Swift. I mean, again, like I said that there was people that I know who hadn't been to a theater in a decade who went to see this and like, it's just yeah. like, the only reason is because they're a Swifty and they're like, I'm not going to, you almost can't not see it if you're a Taylor Swift fan. And then, mm -hmm. but then it's like, if the, if the whole like wonder of the theater just is, it doesn't matter to you. It's like, Oh, you know, that was a great experience. I saw it. We're done. So I don't think you yeah. could ever really repeat this with any artists today other than yeah. Taylor Swift. Like we'll see. And I think Beyonce, the Beyonce but... one, well, I think the Beyonce one is getting elevated because of the eras tour like you know for sure I, I mean and i'm not a huge beyonce fan well that's a stupid statement i'm not i don't actively follow beyonce i'm a huge beyonce fan but like for i don't sure, actively yeah, follow not, what yeah. she's doing <laughs> so like this wasn't on my radar right but i think because the eras tour is making such a splash and making so much noise 
more and more people are going to be aware of the Beyonce movie. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. No, I don't know. I I think, I think this will, this will duck out pretty quick. It'll be interesting to see where this shows up on streaming. Yeah. Because it's not attached to a studio. So. Could just go VOD. It could go VOD. I can see it on Prime or Apple. We could see a bidding war for actual rights to this, to stream. It's possible. Because it's one of those, it's like, she can't really go straight to the streamers and like cut out the studio system. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you know. um, I mean, maybe it will just show up everywhere. That would be wild if she just released it on like, Netflix and Amazon and you know yeah <laughs> shutter yeah yeah it's on fucking movie yeah yeah um the criterion collection oh god it's you know it she's smart she understands this stuff she understands the market and so whatever happens i'm sure it's going to be like again this worked out only positively for her i mean it got her yeah. extra like podcast we're talking about taylor swift the big picture talked about Taylor Swift. We're like, talking th- about another on another episode. We're talking <laughs> two like this two episodes. Yeah, the second episode. Yeah, this is crazy. So she's already won everything. Um, and I am curious to see what happens with Beyonce. I'm also curious to see what happens with this in the next couple of weeks because I don't think it's slated to be in theaters that much longer. Um, yeah, but we'll see. They might also just release it as like a box set and just like sell it to people. I don't. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I want to talk about. Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes. Have you played this game? You know about this game at all? I know of this game. I have never played it. Um, okay. It was... I don't remember when exactly the game came out. It was kind of a while ago, I think. I, I want to say... What, like 2014, maybe? That sounds right. It was definitely when I was yeah, in high Yeah, 2014. So, like, I remember when this came out... And a lot of people being like, dude, you got to play this game. You got to play this game. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I never did. So I don't really know a lot about it. Yeah. But you saw it, right? I did. I watched it on Peacock because it also, you texted me. You're like, did you know Five Nights at Freddy's is on Peacock? And I was like, it I dropped had no same day. idea. Simultaneous. It drops yeah. simultaneous release. Which is fucking which, crazy. Which was nowhere. Like, nowhere was that advertised. I don't think they wanted people to know. I think they're like, let's see how many people go to the theater first. <laughs> I I, I didn't believe it. I was looking at it. I was like, this must be just like, oh, watch the trailer here or whatnot. And then it was like, play movie. And then here we go. Me. Yeah. And then there you go. It's insane. I mean, people, I mean, I don't know the last movie that actually did that because it doesn't make any sense right now. But, dear listener... Five Nights at Freddy's, or Five Night, yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's has made $130 million in its opening weekend, 78 of which was domestic. It's an American game. Yeah. I get that. Um, I, I, like, I don't understand. I'll say, this movie's not very good <laughs> to me. And I've played the game. I understand the lore. I don't think a lot of this was part of the lore, but that's fine. Movie cost $25 million. I wish it didn't. No, I can't say that. I was going to say, I wish it didn't do so well because now we're going to get a sequel and people are going to take the wrong thing away from this. But I'm like, 
Emma Tammy, who is the the director, I'm like, if she was given, because I think it's directed well, if she was given twenty five mm-hmm. million dollars to make an original horror film, I just like I. I know how much she was beholden to the studios and the lore and the game and everything that had to make this thing sure. work for all audiences. It's a game for kids. So it's like, this is rated R, I think, but like kids are going to go see this movie. Like it's a fucking video game. I don't know game. that this was for kids though. Is that tr- I feel like this was always marketed as like a horror video game. It definitely it is, but kids like, I feel like, kids sure. mostly played it so i'm like i just i was un i was unsure who this was for clearly it was for everybody because 130 million dollars <laughs> worth of people went and fucking saw it but i'm like it doesn't matter like horror again i've said this it doesn't matter how bad it is <laughs> this did game yeah. it blew everything out of the water this weekend so i don't know what the takeaway from that is people did love it so who am i to well, say and I mean, I feel like I had a little bit of a sense that this was going to go well because I keep or I kept seeing people like insist that it was going to do really well. Yeah. Like I didn't I mean, like this this movie does nothing for me. Like I'm like, I don't video games and horror are like the things that I'm like, you know, very much not. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So like I've never but like I kept seeing things where people were like, this is going to be a huge release. I saw some people predicting like, I mean, it's the internet, you know, you see some people predicting like it's going to do $300 million. And you're like, it, okay. it will. Um, well, I think they were saying like opening weekend. I'm like, okay. oh, but, uh, but like I, ke- I kept seeing conversation around it. And I think it's because like, this is a long running franchise. Like, I mean, I've just offhandedly pulled up the Five Nights at Freddy's wiki here, you know, for the game. And there's like nine, ten games of it now. Yeah. Like up to like last year, you know, they've been steadily coming out since 2014. So it's like I feel like there is a fan base here that is just probably not very not that they're not vocal, but like not paid attention to. Yeah. You know, hence this is getting like a $25 million budget versus like, yeah, some kind of huge IP budget. But right. Exactly. I mean, I want to be surprised that this did so well, but I'm like, kind of not because I feel like people kept pushing for it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand the simultaneous release. That's crazy. I don't get it. I mean, what it did was. All the people who were going to see it were going to see it in a theater because now we're at a place where theaters are a thing again. And all the people like me who weren't going to watch it at all were like, well, it's on Peacock. So like, whatever. Like, Like, not going to (laughs) lie. I came close to hitting play on it. I was like, I I feel like, you know, here's something that's actively in theaters that I could like discuss without having to go to the theaters. You know, I almost watched it for you, Josh, is what I'm saying. I didn't even talk um, about it on Tuned In, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Have you seen what the reception has been? Because, I mean, you say it's not very good. Well, it's all, it's, it's, it really depends. I've seen people that I, that I uh, not know personally, but people that I'm familiar with on Letterboxd and or IMDb who are like, you know, it's better 
it's it's not total shit, which I'm I totally agree with. Like it's not it's it's well made. It's just right down the middle. It's like Megan, but like not as unique or mm. creative. And it's by the same it's the same producer as Megan, and it's a Blumhouse picture. Like I get it, but it's so some people loved it because they knew what it was going to be like total camp. Like don't take this seriously. And there's people like me who is like I kind of want this to be more because I don't I've played the game. I don't mm-hmm. get it. Like I don't get the whole. <laughs> fi- I understand the game, but I don't get the this ravenous fan base. I think it's kind of a boring ass yeah. game for survival horror. So, I, I I don't. I think I just was my my expectations were too high for a movie that just was never going to meet them. So if your expectations yeah. are low, it'll probably be a great time. I'm glad it was on Peacock because I did fast forward through like. I probably finished it in like seventy minutes because I was just like, <laughs> I just don't care. I just can't care. So. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean it'll. Be, I mean we'll get a Five Nights at Freddy's too. Yeah, they're know. talking about the sequel already. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's I, that's almost a no brainer if it's going to double its production budget in the first weekend. Yeah, triple, quadruple you know? it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm just like, is is there something to be said for like? There's not really another major forward-facing horror film out right now yes you know and it's halloween like if there was yeah if there was another if this was going up against like a uh um no what's it all i can think of is like phantasm here what's the fucking a phantasm reboot um i mean i don't know halloween no 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 no, scream no the 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 low budget one that's all cameras blair witch um no no after that paranormal activity paranormal activity yeah I mean, if there was like a new paranormal activity coming out going against this, it would crush it, I feel like. It might. It, I don't, I really, I don't know. Because Exorcist Believer like basically flopped. It made like less money than this has already. So I'm like, I just, True. if Talk to Me had premiered around this time, I think Talk to Me would have done so much better because of all of this kind of people want to go to the theaters and get scared and Exorcist Believer is not very good. Five Nights at Freddy isn't get very good. Here's a really gnarly A24 kind of a picture. Yeah. But this also just hit at the right moment. It's Halloween. It's horror. This it's is one I 100%, I 100% cannot believe they didn't jump at the Friday the 13th release on this. This yeah. screams release me on Friday the 13th. I wonder if there was a reason. Because why not? Know. There was nothing else. There was, know, there was you had to go up against else. Taylor Swift, which yeah. like this, let's pull the yeah. Five Night at Freddy's fandom and the Taylor Swift fandom into the theaters at the same time. <laughs> the same <That's> theaters. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to keep tabs on this because I'm sure it's going to keep going up. Um, but yeah. man, that's fucking crazy. That's insane. Um, and speaking of killers, let's talk about Killers of the Flower Moon for a second. Because nice, nice. Uh, thank you. This premiered a couple weeks ago and it wasn't like a super strong box office, but it was the second strongest opening for Scorsese after Shutter Island, which was really cool. And Hmm. to date, which is again, Monday the 30th or the day we're recording this, it's made almost $85 million worldwide and with a $40 million domestic, uh, cut of that. And that's pretty good for a, a really long, really niche. Yeah. Really niche kind of a film. Like that is kind of outstanding that it's doing that well and scorsese is like i don't care like i made this for apple they don't (laughs) care like this movie could make 500 million dollars and they wouldn't even care at all like apple's accountants like wouldn't even know that it existed yeah (laughs) 
elder elite filmmaker, it's like, you know, you don't, you don't have to make it for anyone at this point, you know? Exactly. Make it for like you. Spielberg made the Fablemans for him. Like it didn't right. matter how it was going to do, you know? It didn't matter. So I don't even know what to say about this other than that's really cool. And the fact that I, I feel like, do you think that Oppenheimer and Barbie primed everyone for right now? Because people we're not going to go see Oppen like Oppenheimer is a hard sell to go see in a theater and it made a billion yeah. dollars in theaters. <laughs> That's crazy. Barbie, not a hard sell, but not, it, it came out in a time where theaters were not what people wanted to do. And then lo and behold, movies yeah. that shouldn't be doing that well are doing really well. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. I think, well, with the Barbenheimer thing, I'm like, the pairing of those two was probably the greatest theatrical pairing in history. You know, it's absurd, yeah. but like it captured something in the moment. I don't think it'll, it's, you know, you'll never get that lightning back in the bottle. No, um, no, 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 no. With killers, it's really interesting. And I remember thinking this kind of with the, the Irishman is like, it's kind of like catnip for Scorsese fans. For sure. You know, wherein you put Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio into a movie, into a Scorsese movie together, Yeah. you know, where it's like, yeah, you have your Scorsese DiCaprio fans, you have your Scorsese De Niro fans and like you get both of them. It's like, you know, you get all of those different things and it's like a gangster movie and it's something he hasn't really done before. You know, I, I, there's something there's a draw to this and it's been coming out for two years, which for I think years. is like not uh <laughs> Not to be underestimated. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I look at this and I'm like, I think there's, to go back to your question, I think you could draw a line from Barbie opening Oppenheimer up to people and then Oppenheimer opening Killers of the Flower Moon up to people. Yeah. Because I will bet there are a lot of people that would never be able to handle, having not seen it, but would never be able to handle Killers of the Flower Moon if they hadn't had the experience of sitting through Oppenheimer. Right. Um, because right. like Nolan is a more popcorn director, which is like a weird thing to say when you're talking about Oppenheimer, but like, right. but he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. his stuff is generally more accessible. Yeah. I mean the dark Knight. you know, like, yeah, yeah. Um, not that Scorsese's is not, but like it's more niche. It's more like, yeah, your average, <laughs> I was going to say your average moviegoer, I'll say this, your average moviegoer is going to be probably more familiar with Christopher Nolan than Martin Scorsese. Sure. Um, in terms of their filmography. How many movies they've seen, you know. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would bet there are people out there who have seen every single Christopher Nolan movie and have never even heard of After Hours. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yes. King of comedy. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, I, like it's really cool to see this doing well. I think, again, like it was always going to do something. Um, it'll yeah. be interesting to see if it goes up or down. Um, yeah. Especially because I'm like, I feel like, uh, well, this past weekend was technically like Halloween weekend. So sure. Um, different, different criteria. Yeah. Well, I, people do another stuff. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah, mo people most aren't, people aren't in a theater sitting through four yeah, hours. Yeah, of yeah. 
Um, Scorsese. So I don't know. I will say something that's interesting to me and that I want to like look into more specifically is the international box office. Yeah. At 44 million. Um, I'd love to see what that like break, like where it's playing. Um, right. Because not for nothing, but like the Osage probably not well known. I mean, it's not well known here in America. Right. In their homeland. Like, yeah. I imagine when you get farther away, you know, you get into places like, I don't know why France is the first place to jump into my head and maybe mm-hmm. not the best example, but like, you know, you get into countries that are less familiar with American history. Um, France is like then a bad example. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, uh, but I get what you're saying though. Yeah. Conflict between, you know, Osage native Americans and, and, and the white man is like a kind of a unique, uh, American experience. Definitely. Um, yeah. I'd be interested to see like a side to side comparison about how Scorsese's international box offices usually go yeah. to see if this is like more appealing or less appealing. Um, I do feel like looking at like a 41 million to 44 million split is a closer split than I usually see. Well, especially because you know, I'm like, like international you know, is usually a little higher. Well, well that and like, but at, for a, like an American filmmaker that's about America, you'd think that maybe it would be a little bit of the opposite. But I also know the Scorsese movies play really well in Europe because like yes. they just love Scorsese as most people do, but like very much so in Europe. So, um, and again, like this is the first theater Scorsese movie since Silence, which yeah. was, what did we say, 2016? Which like almost doesn't count, yeah. Right, because like not that many people saw it. And so it's like, since Wolf of Wall Street, this is like his noisiest movie. And yeah. I think that that also builds into like the hype of like, oh my God, we've got to go see this. Because there's so many people, again, that never would have gone to see this movie in theaters that were like, well, it's a Scorsese movie. And I'm like, well, what do you, like, do you like Scorsese that much? And they're like, no, but like, it seems like it's something to to, to go and see and I'm like that's this yeah. is the Oppenheimer effect where no one would go see a three and a half hour like they would laugh at you if you said a three and a half hour long theater movie yeah. but I got people being like let's go see an IMAX let's go see it again let's do and I'm like that's crazy for right now so that's um, awesome yeah it's really cool <laughs> um well I don't know De Niro and DiCaprio are definitely in sag after so we can t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah and Lily Gladstone, I'm sure. Um, let's talk about SAG and the AMPTP because for weeks now, we have been under the assumption that any day they're going yeah. to come to some kind of contractual agreement. And we still haven't gotten it, even though we were sure, <laughs> like last week and the week before, yeah. we were going to have something. But still no deal has been struck. And we're in November, dear listener, when you're listening to this. Yep. We're plus 100 days on this strike at this point. That's crazy, especially because the actors not being able to promote or be do anything really mm-hmm. means that there's a full, full line stoppage for anyone that doesn't have an interim agreement with the Guild. That yes. is just money on the table that is just being set on fire by the studios like and i want to say studios because it's not i've been saying like production companies there's a very there's a big distinction between those things there are like 
hundreds of production companies that work within studios. That's not that's not the same thing. But I don't even know where to go with this. But basically, they are set to meet as of the recording today at some yes. point later today in L.A., this being Monday, October 30th, after yes. so much like walking away from the table, talking to like really, really It has been a, a strenuous couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, it has not been great. Um, and people on both sides are getting really irritated, which I find interesting because you sent me an article, I think a week and a half ago, where a group of some of the highest profile A-list actors that are still working right now came together yeah. to kind of bring an interesting offer to SAG to be like, is this something that we can, will this help? <laughs> like basically, yeah. which was removing the cap on union dues, which is, if you don't know, you have to pay into being in a union. That's just how it works. And mm -hmm. thus you, you get to be a part of everything and have them represent you. But, and that money goes to help, you know, support the union and keep, uh, keep money flowing where it needs to be flowing. Exactly. Exactly. So I believe it was George Clooney where I have this written down somewhere. George Clooney. It Emma was, Stone. Uh, yeah, it was, I have the list right here. It was Ben Affleck, okay. Jennifer Aniston, George Clooney, Bradley Cooper, Robert De Niro, Laura Dern, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, Tyler Perry, Jennifer Lopez, Ryan Reynolds, Emma Stone, Meryl Streep, Carrie Washington, and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Um, Heavy hitters and also high paid actors. <laughs> Yes. And that is, you know, just the, the, that wasn't the whole group. That was just some of the big, big names involved. Um, yeah. it's really hilarious to look at that because I'm like, Tyler Perry is so low in that list, but probably is worth more than the rest of them combined. Oh, for uh, sure, dude. He's definitely like $500 million <laughs> in like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. And I, I like actually really appreciate the thought around here of like, Hey, look, if we're, if money is an issue with us getting back to work of like not being able to pay people enough, like what if we gave you more money? Right. You know what I mean? It's like, is that yeah. the issue that there's just like not enough money? So like, right. we have to keep on like, and I appreciate that, you know, like that's yeah. Good on you. Like trying to be proactive and think outside the box kind of thing. Yeah. Um, not really how it works. No. <laughs> Do you remember the specifics on, on what it was? Like um, why it wouldn't work? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have so, that in front of me. So basically, um, the spokesperson, Fran Drescher, who we've talked about before, she basically stated that since SAG-AFTRA is a federally regulated union, it means yes. the only contributions that go straight to their pension and their health care fund must be from their employer, a.k.a. the studios. So, like, even if they put all this money forward in the dues, it, it can't go to the things that – not the things that really matter, but some of the things that are most important to these yeah. people, the members of the guild. So she was like, I appreciate this, but it's not going to help the big picture here. It has to come from the AMPTP. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it would be like a stopgap band-aid solution at best. So for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that didn't work. No. No. Um and then we got kind of um what can only be described really as a scare tactic. Um, yeah. From the uh 
the AMPTP. Yeah. There was basically, they said, if we don't reach a deal next week, we're going to bail until January. Which. What? It's like a scary thought for sure. Like their argument was if we can't start something by November 1st, then the holidays are going to disrupt. It's like, we're not going to be able to get anything new into production. So we just won't start new productions until we get into the new year. Yeah. There's a lot of conversation around it. And I, I, and I hope I'm remembering correctly. Um, So like dear listeners, I guess, fact check us if you're, if you're yeah. screaming at your, uh, do your own research. <laughs> yeah. At pixel splitters on uh, all your social. Yeah. Um, there was a big conversation about, Oh, they're just not going to release anything like they're good. They're bailing on movies for the rest of the year. And it's like, right. that's not what they're saying. No, they're saying they're not going to put anything new into production. And then like, there wouldn't be anything until spring. Like that's what, you know, the conversation. And it's like, no, is they're going to not put anything new into production, which would then like just disrupt the whole workflow you know, and push anything new coming back. Um, yeah. But like in that same vein, it's like if they're still on strike, they're not putting anything into production now anyway. Right. You know. Um, right. Although I guess maybe they could start writing things at this point, but. Um, they are writing things, but it's like yeah. you still can't, you can only get so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it, it. I'm not being very articulate here, but it's clearly a scare tactic. <laughs> Clearly yes. a thing to get actors to come back to the table and say like, well, no, we don't want to not work for like three months. Like, right. whoa, you know, right. Um, or through the holidays or into the new year. Um, right. And like, they're not going to like the idea of doing that, of just taking that hit is absurd. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just trying to create an artificial clock on the situation to scare people to coming back to the table, which like is shitty is where I'm going with all of this. <laughs> totally, totally shitty. And it's, it's really, I mean, you said this a couple episodes ago where you're like, basically grow the fuck up, dude. Like you can't walk away from the table. There has to be an agreement. And I'm telling you right now, the 200,000 people that are in the, the SAG after they're not yeah. just going to say, you know what? I think the deal we have now is actually fine. I think we're okay. Yeah. Because it's not okay. And, you know, people will would rather just stop doing this work than continue on the way that they were. Like, I know people, no, I don't know people personally, but I've heard stories of people who being like, I'm just, I think I'm done with this industry. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's just really not working in my favor. And it's clear that the people who have the power of the money really don't care about me at all. And so why should I keep making things for them, especially when there are so many more, I don't want to say independent features and productions, but there are so many more production companies specifically, not necessarily studios, but companies that are willing to put things into production regardless because they can meet all the demands of the guild. And so like, it's in this weird area where, like it's very promising, but at the same time, it's really just frustrating because you're running up against these these people who just don't give a shit about the art and just want money. And yeah. it's like you're really willing to to wait another two months, really? Well, and the like- thing that's crazy <laughs> with that situation is like you don't know what talent 
is leaving right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. There's the young actor that is struggling right now trying to make ends meet that, like, is freaking out because their health care is, like, not guaranteed right now and all that kind of And is going to decide to leave the industry that could be, you know, a major talent that shows up in like 10 years, you know what I mean? That like is going to find their way into being a major player and bring us something like really, really unique and new. And I I think of like, you know, Bradley Cooper in a way that's like started Mm -hmm. off as just like, I mean, I don't think Bradley Cooper really kind of got into the whole thing until he's like early thirties. Yeah. The hangover. Yeah. I want to say, yeah, with the hangover and wedding crashers and all that. And like, now he's giving us these like, epic you know like maestro looks incredible like a star is born is incredible his performances are great across the board and he's like a bankable star and it's like there's these levels of talent that you might just be like letting go out the door that are never gonna come to fruition which is like sad right and And if we're talking directly to the studios these people could make you a ton of money like these people like if you're worried about that like you should be worried about what's going on right now because all of it is in play and all of this stuff, it's so much bigger than just pinching pennies. Like that's literally what it's about. Yeah. And it's like, it's so much bigger than all of this. And um, I implore everyone, I don't shout out a lot of other podcasts because I want you to listen to our podcast, but The <laughs> Big Picture did a podcast recently with Alex Ross Perry, who's a filmmaker and a writer and he's he's really, really uh, insightful. But he talks about this from the writer's perspective and listening to him talk about all of this and understanding that like we're still so far from where it is and how these studios, yeah. they they don't care. Like that's the thing that we need to get through our heads is they do not care if the product is good. They don't care yeah. whether or not the sets are good or the camera, they don't care about the lens package. They do not care as long as it stays within budget. Like that's it. And so yeah. like appealing to their artistic side is almost like, there is no artistic side. These are businessmen. It's, it's not, not art to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a product. And so um, it's interesting when we talk about Neon, A24, and Lionsgate, who now have granted a bunch of interim agreements um, mm-hmm. for people to do promotion and to keep shooting. It's like, will things turn to, like, if A24 becomes a, ma- it becomes a studio, say, like, mm-hmm. is that, should that just happen? Like, is that, like, in the cards? And would that mean that, like, but does that mean that business people have to get involved with capital and, like, that becomes messy? But, like, if we can keep it in-house, man, like, why can't Spielberg and Amblin, like, really make stuff? Like, I don't understand. I don't get the math on a lot of this. Like, why yeah. does Universal have to be the the big one? Like, I don't I don't get it. Like, Well, and that's the thing, too, is, like, you know, if, like, heaven forbid the strike drags on, but they keep allowing for interim agreements with a 24 or with neon or with Lionsgate. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you have a company that is putting out product while you are not, you're just driving yourselves towards irrelevance. Not that Netflix is going to become irrelevant overnight, but like, but if all that's that you're seeing is from these other places and they're continually going out like that, like minimizes your stance, your, your right. power position, you know? Um, right. So like, it, 
I mean, we've said it ad nauseum at this point of just like this stuff is no good for anyone. Like there's no reason to keep digging on this or just keep like everybody's making out poorly. Um, Right. Everyone. So I, I, I will say, I think it's worth saying it does seem to be being reported that like we're, uh, getting close to a deal. I feel like we've said that every week, yes. but like, yeah, I know it seems like we might be in there. Um, yeah. You know, we may have put a, uh, a little disclaimer at the top of this episode, like knock on wood. I hope so. That says like, by the yeah. way, this happened after we recorded. Um, so disregard the second half of this pod. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it is one of those things. It, it, it's, it's, I hate it, but it's time. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes, we as an audience are all kind of just going like, what are you holding out for now? Studios like, like all you're doing. This, I guess that's a simplification, but like, but like, <laughs> come on, like there's, there has to be a common ground. Yeah. And like your scare tactics and like all that kind of stuff are just like, not everyone can see through that. So. Yeah. And no one is on your side, like no one. And it's yeah. like, what what are you going to do when, when you're forced to come? Like, I just don't understand how stock prices haven't absolutely plummeted right now. Like, I just, maybe they have, I haven't paid attention, but I'm like, how the hell is Universal like not in the ground right now? Yeah. I don't understand. Maybe it's because their people are just really good at talking to the shareholders and being like, listen, we are going to make this work. And I just, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's ugly for everybody. It is. Well, (laughs) we will keep paying attention. We will. um, And we will keep. uh, Reporting. uh, We'll keep you up to date. Yeah. Reporting. Um, We'll see what happens. We will. We will. But. Yeah, that's what we got for you today, guys. Some box office check-in, some SAG after. We're kind of just like following up with a lot of things, and it's yeah. good because like there's, it's been a slow news like quarter, honestly. Um, well, it's weird. I mean, it is kind of just like all we're doing is waiting for these strikes. You know, yeah. like stuff doesn't happen if you don't have actors. Exactly. Nothing can yeah. ha- the like the most we report on is like oh this got pushed, that got pushed. All of these yeah. things are now moving. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. Should we do some recommendations? Yes. You gave me this prompt so you can intro it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, So given the ongoing um, strike and negotiations between SAG-AFTRA and the uh, AMPTP, uh, we're recommending a movie that deals with uh, negotiation, which is kind of a wide spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this is also one that I was like, ooh, this is finally a chance to talk about this movie uh, that I've always wanted to recommend, but never have. Oh, perfect. Um, which I guess I can go first and just throw it out there is Inside yeah. Man. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Spike Lee's. So good. I want to say weirdly out of character uh, action bank heist movie. For um, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember watching this and really, really enjoying it and but also kind of just like being like this is weirdly mainstream for a spike lee joint totally um 
but Denzel Washington, Clive Owen, uh, at the peak of his Clive Owenness, I think. Um, and like, you know, I mean, it's a, a Spike Lee blockbuster. It's, um, yeah. You know, all kinds of supporting cast there. Jodie Foster. Um, Jodie Foster, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, sorry. Hold on. Hey, where did Clive here. Owen go? Christopher Plummer. Defoe Christopher is up Plummer, in this piece. Yeah. Um, James Ransone. Oh, my God. I forgot. Um, yeah. So, I mean, old at this point back in 2006, but this is a great just back and forth with like between Clive Owen and, and Denzel, like just epic, epic power plays. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I like I can't get enough of this movie. Um, I haven't watched yeah. it in a while. I should rewatch it, but, um, me neither. And just, it's weird because it seems, I, I said earlier, it seems out of character from Spike Lee, but it is so still a Spike Lee film, you know, yeah. yes. like it still has all of the same, uh, Spike Lee touches. Um, yeah, it's flourish. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so inside man, um, there you go. That's a great one. I I honestly I need to rewatch that film. It's been a very very long time. I don't even think I've put a rating on it on Letterboxd. Um, but just really, yeah. When you say out of character, I'm like, yeah. I think that's right. I think that's totally right. Um, it, it, it feels like it's like a spikely studio movie. Yes. You know, and like maybe that's what it is. Where it, you know, it maybe it's you know subscribes to the one for me, one for them kind of right. back and forth. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe this was made so he could make something else. What else? What else came around? Out around yeah, what there came from, out around Spike? then? When the levees broke. Oh my god! That's I forgot all about that. that film. Both of those were two thousand six. Oh wow! Um, okay. What was his next one after that? Uh, uh, Miracle at Saint Anna. I think would be the next big one i don't think i've seen that um that's the one it's um four black soldiers trapped in a uh tucson village in world war ii oh um, yeah that's more of a i remember that movie that's a yeah that's that's much more uh it's a one for him <laughs> yeah. yeah um that's fantastic inside man that's a great one where can yes. i find it uh it's on peacock peacock oh dude there you go there you go also available um, to rent or buy on uh, Amazon and I assume Apple. But Apple, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, I'm going to have to add that to my list again. Peacock, there we yeah. go. Uh, uh, the movie shout I'm gonna... out. One of, my, uh, one of my friends from college is yeah? in that movie. No way. Yeah. Seriously? <laughs> um, I'm completely... Acquaintances. I won't say full on friends, but... Um, but still, man, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Inside Man is a great movie. It's better than the movie I'm going to recommend. I was almost going to try and finagle uh, a horror movie in here because I'm like, yeah. you negotiate with demons all the time. That's how you get rid of them is you <laughs> negotiate with them. And I could have put any number of them in here. But no, dear listener, it is now November when you're listening to this. So I'm going to also recommend a movie that's on Peacock. And I'm going to recommend Ambulance because the whole movie is a negotiation. Yeah. Between uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character and Garrett Dillahunt's character in the funniest possible way. Um, That's legit, yeah. 
I've talked about this movie a lot. I've seen it three times. Ambulance is Michael Bay at his bayist. Uh, stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Yahya Abdul-Mateen as two brothers who uh, attempt to rob a bank and then have to steal an ambulance to escape. And then it's just them and <laughs> an ambulance for two hours. Over and over and over again, yeah. And then making every wrong move you possibly can. And it's hilarious. It's ridiculous. It's Michael Bay discovering drones for the first time, which is just <laughs> unbelievable. Um Every single like minor character actor is next level hilarious. Um, Moses Ingram, shout out. She was in Kenobi. She's in a lot of stuff. She's the wife in mm. that movie. I totally forgot. Um, she's great in that too for her like two minutes. Um, Isa Gonzalez is great in that movie as the EMT who has to perform open heart surgery on someone in the back of an ambulance uh, while it's going 70 miles an hour. Um it's ridiculous. It's exactly what I wanted it to be. And I was the only person in the IMAX theater when I saw it, uh, in theaters. So <laughs> ambulance, uh, yeah, it's on Peacock. It's, it's total fucking Bayham, uh, in the best possible way, it but is. there is a negotiation through the entire movie. Basically. That's true. It so counts. It definitely counts. Um, so yeah, there we have inside man and an ambulance. That could be an interesting double feature. That could be a great double feature. Crime. Similar, crime? similar, Oh, similar energies uh, similar of. something there's a there's a yeah there's not a bay level uh urgency to inside man as i recall but there's right it moves it there's definitely urgency. moves it does it, it definitely moves um so there you have it folks there we, go. there we go that's it that's what we got this week um all right yeah yeah let's bring it home then josh where can people find you on the internet People can find me on the internet on either Letterboxd or Instagram at Josh J. Fuller. And where can people find you, Willis? Find me on Letterboxd and Instagram at Willis Film. And if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram and Letterboxd at Pixel Splitters, where you see all of our recommendations, including Ambulance <laughs> and uh, Inside Man. Two movies on a very different uh, quality tier, but nonetheless, I love them both. <laughs> yes. Yes. Clive Owen yeah. went to went to that show, I want to say on like Showtime or something, where he played like a doctor and he was there for like six years. Yeah. I what was that called? I feel like we could do a whole episode on Clive Owen because he literally is amazing, mm -hmm. but he just doesn't do anything anymore. And I don't really understand it. Let's see. The Nick, I think, is what I'm thinking of. Sure. Sounds good to me. Yeah. But also, I guess that was like ended in 2015. So he's just been kind of doing small things here and there. Just floating around. Right. He was a leading man. Eventually, at he one was. Point. Absolutely. I mean, he was like a massive player there for a while. I mean, you think of like, I mean, Inside Man and Children of Men and, you know, Sin City and King Arthur. You yeah, know. even the dumb ones like shoot him up. I'm like, he he has a presence to him that I'm like, God, <laughs> where's Clive Owen? I went, I went to a, a premiere of Shoot 'Em Up with a Q and A from Michael Davis afterwards, and it no was way. just the most like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> it was the most like unhinged. Like every like all of his questions, if I'm remembering correctly, he was just like, I don't know, because like guns. And you're, and you're like, like all right, yeah. can't, sure. Works for me, man. Yeah. Rock and roll. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to well, revisit uh, that movie, too. Yeah, I need to revisit a lot of Clive Owen movies. Um, but yeah, 
that'll do it folks and uh i guess (laughs) end of pod 